And another domino falls. Multiple reports now indicating that the Dolphins will be hiring 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel to be the team's next head coach. We kind of had a clue it was moving in this direction when the 49ers hired Anthony Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do you need Anthony Lynn? Right. You got an offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. Right. And Anthony uh, Lynn's was, run game kind of specialist. That's what McDaniel was for yeah. the 49ers and Shanahan. It's, yes. It was down to Mike McDaniel and Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. So it works out perfectly for Jerry Jones. He keeps his defensive coordinator keeps his offensive coordinator, obviously keeps his head coach. But Mike McDaniel making the jump from the 49ers to the Dolphins as Kyle Shanahan sprouts a, another, 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 another branch on his right. coaching tree. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Mike McDaniel, you know, good for him. I'm happy for him. This is a well-deserved opportunity. You know, again, just like we've, you know, seen so many young head coaches, you know, him, yes, working under Shanahan, been a loyal soldier for a long, long time. You talk so much about, hey, yeah, we know this is the, this is the new thing. Owners want the young and up-and-coming, smart, offensive mind. Hey, Mike McDaniel, just for everybody out there also, he is a minority hire, right? He's African-American. It's the lightest. He's very light-skinned. I know a lot of people didn't know that. I knew Mike McDaniel for four years and did not realize he was African-American. Multiracial is how it was characterized, well, yes, but it, right. counts, it counts yes. as a minority hire. And that now matters as it relates to, to the NFL. For the second straight year, sure. the 49ers are going to pick up compensatory draft picks. Right. Supplemental right. draft picks as a result of this promotion that McDaniel has earned given his time working with Kyle Shanahan, just like with Robert Sala going right. to the Jets last year. Right. Yeah, it's it's great for Shanahan that way. He's got a lot of diversity in his coaching staff. To me, he's got one of the best defensive coordinators in football, too, and D'Amico Ryans, who's an African-American. But more specifically on McDaniel, Mike, like excited, one, I, I, you know, again, know the guy, know him, yes, personally, know him more from the great things Kyle Shanahan has always said about him. He's an extension of Kyle. He's a brilliant person. He's Ivy League background. He's an outside-the-box thinker. He's detailed. And to me, Mike, where he separates himself a little bit is just like Kyle and the fact that, yes, in the NFL we're in right now, Almost every offensive coordinator, offensive head coach, whatever, when they sit down to start their game planning for the week, they start through, let me find passes to screw over the defense. And Shanahan and McDaniel are different in the fact that they go, no, let me find running plays that screw over the defense, and then we'll build off of that. And I think, of course, gives them an advantage that they see the offense and the game through that lens. It makes it harder on defenders or defensive coaches to kind of figure out what the approach is going to be on a week-to-week -week basis. But he's got a great young energy, and I think it's going to be good for the Dolphins. Based on what you know of Mike McDaniel. Yes. How will he feel right. about working with right. Tua? Quarterback to a tongue of my life. Right. That, I mean, to me, that that it sounds like you almost had to be like all in on Tua to want this job. Like it was. It was. That's why Brian Dayball was considered such a strong, you know, candidate. I think at first because oh, he worked with Tua at college at I Alabama. I don't buy that though. I think that was when you they were that was in a little the bit mode more, okay. of. Maybe. We can't come off as dysfunctional. We're going to blame everything that went wrong with Tua on Brian Flores. And we're, once we get a new coach, then it could all change. Right. And, and I think Deshaun Watson continues to be in play for the Dolphins. Uh, maybe that's the other way to put it. And I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's all right. But, but not just Mike McDaniel with Tua. How will Mike McDaniel feel about the possibility of Deshaun Watson becoming a Dolphin? And which of the two do you think he'd prefer? Well, I, I don't think anybody that re evaluates football would take Tua over Deshaun Watson. And that I'm not trying to be – Deshaun Watson – when playing and hitting at all cylinders is one of the five, six, seven best players in the NFL. 
So I do think he would take that. But I think where it's also good, Mike, you know, we're, the 49ers are rare what we've seen the last three years. You know, two out of the last three years. Two NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl appearance. Where, again, they are they're built through team and they're not quarterback-centric. They show you they can compete without their quarterback having to be a star or kind of like carry the squad. And I think that's the good thing about Mike McDaniel, I think, with the Dolphins and Tua, is he'll formulate an offense that'll go, wait, it'll be through the run, and I'll figure out ways that do things that make sense for you. I did this with Jimmy Garoppolo. We know he has his limitations at quarterback. Well, Tua at least is a better athlete than Jimmy G, and we'll be able to run boots and things like that where they can move the quarterback. So I think within that, too, you're getting a head coach that, it doesn't need a star quarterback to make offense work, and I think that was probably something that jumped out to Stephen Ross and company down there. More three-yard passes. More three-yard three passes. passes. Right. Three-yard passes. Well, listen, you saw Jimmy G. What was his touchdown pass? One of them screened to Debo Samuel. He had a nice one to Kittle. I know that. But, yes, they, they find a lot of ways to give him easy completions and let guys do work after the catch. By the way, if you're watching the show on Monday morning on Peacock, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you know it's now official. It's probably even more official because we just got word as of 6.23 p.m. Eastern on Sunday that it has been announced by the Dolphins that okay, Daniel cool. is the next coach. So we've got two vacancies left, the Texans and then the team that was the last one to the party because Sean Payton retired, retired, resigned. He ain't retired a couple of weeks after the season ended. The Saints and Chris, I think that, and we talked about this briefly earlier, even though Eric Bannemi's in play, even though Eric Glenn's, Aaron Glenn's in play, excuse me, I think Dennis Allen is the favorite because of the continuity that naturally is baked in. Pete Carmichael removed his name from consideration last week. I think he realizes Dennis Allen gets it before him. Right. And I think it's part of the deal that Dennis Allen can now say, I'm keeping the staff, Michael. I'll be the head coach. I'll run the defense like I did the night that we shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady nine to nothing on Sunday night football. Let's try the continuity thing and see where it goes. And and I think that that's going to be attractive to the organization, at least in the short term. You can always hire the flavor of the month later if it doesn't work. But at least for now, this is an opportunity to not have a jarring change from Sean Payton to the post-Sean Payton regime. I, I, I agreed. And I, I think you could sell that, and I could certainly get behind that. I mean, Dennis Allen is, without question, one of the best defensive minds in the sport. And it's a little bit like we talked about with the Raiders and Rich Bisaccia. I know they went another way. But I just, it was one of those, I know we had the conversation of like, you know, one thing I'd be wary of is blowing up a good thing. Gus Bradley's a good D coordinator. You know, Greg Olson's a good OC. You have some things in place that are you can build around. And I think the Saints have probably looked at their situation and go, wait, yeah, we do. We have a guy that we think is a legit head coach, you know, and Dennis Allen's talented. He knows what he's doing on that side. Carmichael is an extension of Sean Payton. And I think between that and now if they can just find a quarterback to play for their football team, uh, that the ownership probably looks at that as being a, a positive move. And, you know, you mentioned the Saints briefly when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. And once Sean Payton resigned, yeah. that kind of moved the Saints out. Yeah. But – and they've got cap issues, too. I know. That's where Mickey I just... Loomis always finds a way to work magic. Right. But mm, I, I know the Saints were on the radar screen pre-Payton. Maybe, maybe if you're looking for a place in the NFC and uh, the Packers say, we're not trading you to the 49ers, we're not trading you to the Buccaneers, okay, we'll trade you to the Saints. Yeah. You know, that's a place where at least when you go through the door, the expectations aren't going to be as high, and maybe some of that Sean Payton magic is still floating around. 
where you can you can yeah. try to yeah. put something together sure. and, and get get back to the playoffs and maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers is better going to a team where he makes to the playoffs as the four, five, six, or seven seed, not as the top seed. How did they win the Super Bowl? Yeah, as the six seed. Six They've seed. been the three seed at, or the one seed at least three times over the course of Rodgers' career, and every time, yeah, they haven't they done didn't it. Make it right. Didn't so. make it. Two seeds haven't worked out great for them either. Really, I mean, we saw the two seed, uh, you know, two years ago or three years ago, lose to the 49ers, Right? They were a two seed the year they lost to Seattle in that game. They blew in the fourth quarter, up eighteen to seven. But you know, ultimately, I think with Aaron Rodgers and the Saints thing, listen, I, I can get behind that. You know, as far as Dennis Allen, I just, I, I don't know. I felt like the Saints thing went out the door when when Sean Payton left. I do. You know, You're I guess probably in my heart, right. my heart of hearts. And, and then I think added on to that. You know, what's the Michael Thomas situation right there? I think there's a lot of questions there. And like you said, they have probably more serious salary cap issues than Green Bay, let alone, I think, more of a aging team than Green Bay. And that, for me, I would probably say that takes Rodgers out of that. If you don't want to be part of a rebuild with the Packers, yeah, why, why would, would he want to, want to jump there? to a new team that's yeah. in the process of rebuilding? Right. And why would they want him? Why would they want him? Yeah. That's the other side of yeah. it, too. So that probably doesn't doesn't make sense but I, I'm just in the mode where I'm not going to yeah. rule out anything I you never it. know no, no, you I never know We're crazier just things We're have happened ball. Yeah. crazier things have happened this week so uh, you got to be ready for anything and the Saints if they don't go with Rodgers as we think they won't where do they go what do they do for quarterback they're trying to draft somebody and develop do they give Taysom Hill the opportunity to become the guy you, you've, you've still got uh, Trevor Simeon floating around yeah I know he's you know, still James, there James Winston, the problem with James Winston is he's not going to be healthy until you've already had to make your decision about who you're going to right. be working with, right? Um, they, they, they they got a hell of a decision to make a quarterback. They do. They got they got to figure something out. The one good thing is, I think you mentioned it. I mean, I don't think you mentioned it. You mentioned it. They have Taysom Hill, at least as far as of a jack of all trades. If there's not something that really jumps out or pops out to them, they can just say, okay, we're going to ride him as a quarterback and maybe draft a guy, develop whatever or wait another year because they, they know the next year's draft's going to be better there's some quarterbacks that might be free agents but uh certainly got a decision there because i think even you know even in spite of Jameis's injury you know i think even if he didn't have that i think there was still going to be big questions about whether he was the guy going forward i mean we broke down some of his games you know, they were they weren't necessarily you know entrusting him and letting him just let it fly. They were managing him in, managing wow. him. We talked about his short game inaccuracies at times and things like that. So I think they were going to be looking for a QB almost no matter what. Everything they gained in the downfield passing over Drew Brees, right. they, they lost, lost in the, the managing stuff. underneath right. the way that Drew Brees did it with precision, yeah. the timing, running the offense to perfection. Jameis Winston could never quite get there. And how many times did we see him? You know, and we didn't see a lot of him. He was injured week eight or week nine, but it was all, he was always looking for that deep shot. Yeah. And always looking for it, always looking for it, and then he'd settle for something underneath. But it, it, I have a feeling that it won't be him. I don't know where. We're going to see him as a backup next year because yeah. that knee injury happened so late. Unless right. he is ready to go very soon, these seats are going to get filled with tentative starters, and he's not going to be one of them. Let's go ahead and take a break. We talked earlier about Jim Harbaugh and the fact that He's staying in Michigan and not coaching the Vikings. He's really done with the NFL as he claims. We'll do buy or sell next here on this Monday edition of PFT Live from Super Bowl 56. We'll be right back. This is my fair warning to anyone right. who's in Los Angeles. Once you get within four feet of me, I'm punching you. 
Just don't get within four feet of me. I will punch you. You want to test me, go ahead. Yeah. Get within four feet of me, and I'm going to punch you. That's good. That's good. You know what? I have a feeling I'm going to be throwing some punches to get out of here. Oh, man. Unless I stay until closing time. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, well, when you get out of here, I'm going to yell and be like, Florio! And I'm yeah, going to get thanks. the crowd around you. Thanks. thanks. Like, yeah, I'm just going to have them. And we're going to walk out together with a crowd around us. Punching, kicking. The, the kind of the spinning, you know, the when you do that, you're I want to do that. I've always wanted to do that. Oh, you want to do that one of those yeah. back? Yeah. yeah. But you're getting better. You're already loosened I've up a little. I've accepted the fact nothing. there's you're, nothing I can do about you're it. You're not here. We're an hour and a half in. You're not dead. There is. Look well, at this. Well, I, I'm no, I'm no <laughs> epidemiologist, right. but I don't think the incubation period oh, it doesn't is, happen that quick. operates that quickly. Uh, okay. Okay. But uh, I just accepted the fact there wasn't anything I can do about it. When the alternative is just leave, and I seriously considered it. It's like I you bet know, you did. The show must go on. I bet. So I mean, I don't even know. I may or may not be here tomorrow. Well, we'll I, see. Are you going to fly home? Tonight? I may. Yeah. I may. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you are. You are. You, I, I know you were having a very serious conversation with producer Matt Casey there. You had your mask on, so I couldn't tell what you were saying. But uh, I wish I could have been a little closer to hear. No, you didn't want to hear what saying. I was saying. And Matt's a good guy. I wasn't mad at Matt. I was mad at myself yeah. for not asking questions, not getting information, and you know. Because I look, I, I mean, full disclosure, I seriously thought about not coming. Yeah, I could do the show from home. Yeah, I, know I do everything can. from home. Right, they don't need me here. Right, I really thought about not coming, and I was regretting the fact that but I, I need you to the here. Pasta and meatballs. You complete the, the, me. The pasta and meatballs, not made by Heika. Yeah, were telling me don't go. Right, don't go. So I was mad at myself for not listening to myself, which had been telling me for weeks, don't go. All right. Well, so, anyway, I'm here. Oh, you're I'm here, sir. You're here. He's looking They're for a liquor. I almost said the word. <laughs> there isn't a freaking thing I can do about it at this point. All right. I guess I could have said the word because we're not live, but I feel bad that they'd have to they'd have to clip it out. All right. By herself. Kristen said don't say the word. Yeah. Um, now I want to say the word. It's like the dogs. They've had the, the you know, they have the, the, the. You sound like one of those billionaire owners. You tell them they want the, to say the dogs, You want to say it. The dogs that they have, the security dogs, yeah. the bomb sniffing dogs. Right. That have this big sign that says do not pet. That may as well just say, please pet me. Because every time I see that, I want to go pet the dog. And yeah. the board says, do not pet, the more I want to go pet the You're dog. You're a child. You're I a am. child. I want to pet the dog. Yes, of course they, you he, do. That dog deserves love <laughs> and companionship. All right. Jim Harbaugh looking for love and companionship in Minnesota. Didn't get it. I mean, it really was the scene from The Office, the episode where Michael Scott goes to interview for the job at corporate and assumes he's getting it to the point where he gives his old job to Dwight. He sells his condo at a loss on eBay. He thinks he's getting the job. He shows up and realizes he isn't getting the job. That's what happened, I think, with Harbaugh. I Sounds think he like thought it. he was going to Minnesota to get the job, and he didn't. He told the Detroit Free Press after he went back to Michigan, he's done. Yes, the Super Bowl is the ultimate prize in football, but winning a national championship at the college level, that'll have to it's do. Let's go do prize. it. Let's go do it. Yeah. I'm done with the NFL. Are you buying or selling that he's done with the NFL? <laughs> bullcrap, 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 bullcrap. I mean, that is some bullcrap if I ever heard it. I mean, he he told you his dream is to win the ultimate prize. Absolutely not am I. I'm, I'm selling that crap all down the river. All right? Yes, there's no way. Next year, if a team pursues him or shows interest, and it's set up to the way he looks at it go, I think I can make it run in a Super Bowl in a few years. He is going to entertain that job. There's no way. I think he wants to be back in the NFL for all the reasons you've described. I think, one, he probably feels like he fits that environment more. Two, 
he's it's a lifelong dream. He's came became very close as a player and a coach, and it's, it's eluded him. And his brother has the Super Bowl exactly ring at his he account, right? He, I think he's probably chagrined by the fact that he put out the bat signal pretty clearly this year, and the only team that was even remotely close to to biting was, was the bite guy. Yeah, all those other openings, yeah, and nobody was interested in Jim Harbaugh. You, you, you may you may wonder whether when he takes stock, and you know he may think, well, screw oh. them. I, Screw all of them. Mike, when I started to hear, you know, tangible evidence that you know, the new GM wanted Harbaugh, that there was some real talk of that, you know, I, I, I you know, of course, talk and text with friends where I was kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm hearing that they, they, there's a real interest in Harbaugh. I can't tell you how many people, front offices or coaches' responses were, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically, like, why? That they re- they really want him. He has so many horror stories about him. That's where. And he is. Listen, he is a good football coach. I don't what deny he did that. The 49ers was amazing. I know he did With a lot. No of offseason good. program. Shows up early August. You. Takes a six and ten, a six and ten team to the brink of the Super Bowl. But for Kyle Williams and a couple of muff punts, they may have gone to the Super Bowl. I get in his you. First year. I know. I know. I, I understand. He is a good coach. But there is other other issues there too. And I could also sit here and, and little legitimately argue too that hey, that 49ers team before he got there, they under underperformed. They were very talented, just like the Vikings are. Yeah. Well. I I mean, that's you. the thing. I got you. He I shows up. Who's got better? Who's got it better than us? And attack the day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, and all that stuff he does. You burn bright and you burn hot for a couple of I years, you. and you see what it becomes. It's, it's, it's I thought. Risky. I thought. Give it a try. Yeah. You could do a lot worse, and in Minnesota they have done a lot. I, worse. I wish you would have. You would have had no access to Minnesota, and your favorite team's coach probably would have threatened to beat you up too. And it would have been awesome because then we both would have hated the Vikings. Wait a minute, why would I <laughs> know why? Why you would, have, you would have said something at some point. You would have wrote an article about why did Jim Harbaugh go for it, and he would have he'll be mean and a jerk, and then we're both gonna have to hate him, and we'll both have to beat him up together. Ten years ago, we had him <laughs> on the old PFT Live when it was digital only, running through the website. Right after he got the 49ers job. And it was right after the conference championship games. And I was at the game in early 96 when he and the Colts almost beat the Steelers. I mean, Quentin Coriat had the game in his hands. Yeah, right. Dropped it. Right. And then Jim Harbaugh throws the Hail Mary. The Hail Mary. Right. And, and I can't. I, I, it was like I, falling around the guy's lap. And it was all couched as just like, like, do you still think about that or whatever? He gave me the answer. And he said, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And it's like, that's just classic Jim Harbaugh. Right. He never lets anything go. Tell your dad I said Tell hi. Tell your dad I said hi. And uh, I hope he comes back to the NFL. I really think the NFL is more entertaining if he's part of it. I hope he comes back. I do. I said it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I really was hoping that the Vikings would hire him. I thought it would have been fun. It may not have been productive, but it would have been fun. All right, buy or sell. Tom Brady will eventually buy an NFL team and not Peyton Manning style where I own 5% or 2%. I'm talking about a majority controlling owner. Wow. Him and Giselle putting all their cash together because, you know, Giselle's probably got more than he does. I would guess. He's got all these other business interests. Frontofficesports.com had a thing on Sunday about all the different ways he's made money, and he's got, like, gross earnings between playing and just sponsorships of $450 million during his career. Now, obviously, that's all pre-tax. Yeah. But we've heard heard numbers of what Giselle has made. Right. And now he's got his clothing line. He's got TB12. He's got, you know, all these other things he's into. Yeah. Is it eventually enough? Do you believe, will he have the money to do it, and do you think he'll have the desire to be the oligarch? Not just the spokesman, not just the minority owner, but the guy in charge of the team. I, 
I, I just I guess I, I don't know is how much money does Giselle have? I don't know. I know she was making greater sums of money than he was for a long period of time of their marriage. But man, I mean, so I, I was going to say buy, but I wasn't going to I didn't know you were going to frame it in the way of like majority owner. Yeah, I'm not talking guy. about carving off a little piece from Robert Kraft right. and owning a piece no, of the Patriots. I'm talking you. about being the guy. I was, so I guess I'm going to sell from that standpoint. Wow. I am. I, I I guess I I don't disagree with you. I just don't know if I feel like it's going to get to that extent. I could see him having a bigger piece of the pie than what we're talking about with Mr. Kraft. Right. Having more say in the fact of that, but not being the main guy. So I guess so I, I'm selling from the way you put it up, but I do think that him being involved in some capacity, uh, I, I would buy that. I'll say that. My understanding of the rules is they currently are. You got to have thirty yeah. percent of the team. You got to be able to buy thirty percent of the team, and you got to have the assets, the resources, right. to operate the team. Right. So if the Broncos go for four billion, whoever buys that team at a minimum has to have one point two billion liquid that yes. they can that they can put on the table to buy the team. Everything else over and above that, whether it's minority partners, whether it's debt or whatever, you can cobble it together. But you got to have thirty percent that you put on the table. That's one point two billion. I don't know that Brady has that now and the problem is the value is going to keep going up and up exactly and so what he's going to need is going to keep going up and up but i don't put it past him because i tell you what nothing else he does is going to replace the dopamine rush yeah that comes from winning on sunday right and that kick in the ass that you get if you lose that causes you to refocus and redouble your efforts to win the next time he's not going to find anything else that feels the same way and if he can't do it as a player do it as an owner. I, I hear that. I hear that. I do think that's real, too. I get that. That's why I think, you know, Peyton Manning eventually is going to tr- try to get involved in some way, too. But, you know, to, to something you said, too, with Brady, he's had to, he's got a point now to where he's he's such a star. He's global. He's really one of the first global full NFL players. And really whatever he touches is gold. It just, he can, I would think he's gotten to the point where really it's a well-oiled machine. He can rake in as much money as he wants on a yearly basis, and maybe he can get his wealth to a point where he does what you're talking about. He's not going away. He'll be around, and I think he's going to keep making more and more and more money, and everything he touches, like you said, is going to turn to gold, and he's eventually going to have enough of that gold. But will you pay attention, please? Oh, hey, what are you talking about? (laughs) All right, buying or selling, Washington picked the right name with Commanders. Well, yes, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I mean, it's... I don't know what other great options were out there. None. None. Okay. So, here's what, but here's here's why. There's here's a lot of commanders you, in the Washington D.C. area. If you're Daniel Snyder, you get what you deserve, right? Because you took the strident, defiant oligarch position. Right. All caps never. Am I changing the name of the team? Yeah. You never were able to properly plan a transition. You didn't have the the lead time to come up with a name, get the federal trademarks. How many times have we heard over the last year and a half? There's issues with copyright, issue with trademark. You could do it more subtly. You could build it slowly, and then you can change the name on your own terms. When you get pushed into a corner suddenly during the nationwide racial reckoning that happened in the summer of 2020, the pressure he got from sponsors to get rid of that racial slur, dictionary-defined offensive term and he couldn't do it on his own terms it put him in a position where commanders ended up being the winner and you know they did a poor job of pre-positioning it i know that, we're gonna have Rivera with. this week and yeah. we're gonna have to say oh hey great name but I, it's like you know when you have eight options i said this before when you have eight options nobody's ever gonna get behind one of them yeah and so the people who are like the other seven when you find those commanders are gonna be like eh, you know I'm, i was fine with the washington football team i thought that was charming didn't bother I thought me it either was great i thought the uniforms looked great right so 
I don't know. Maybe we'll get used to commanders. I, I, I you know, again, in, in my heart of hearts, I, listen, there's the first thing. I'm glad they're staying with the same color combinations. That, to me, is really what speaks of that football team. I don't have an issue with commanders. It ties into their area of where they are in the country. They're close to, the, you know, the Naval Academy. Of course, not far from the Capitol and all the things in, in our country that are very important. We've had some pretty good commanders come through that area. And, you know, General Washington and everybody else. I don't know. I can get behind it. I know. But... I wish we could have had, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I wish they could have found a positive phrase for the Native Americans. I don't think they want it. Thing. They don't don't want it. it. No, no. Okay. All right. So uh, I can get behind. Here, here's one thing I'm I am buy doing. And let me let me just talk about this yeah. for a minute or two. We haven't talked about it yet this show and we don't have a spot for it. But, you know, as I write about the various things that are happening with the investigation of the Washington commanders that is being initiated by and pursued by Congress. And there were a lot of developments last week. All the stories are at PFT. I'm going to refer to them as the commanders. They don't get the benefit of the doubt that they get to, they don't get to sanitize their brand. Oh, they right. are the Washington commanders. It's a new team here. No, no, yeah, it's right. the same team, yeah. same management, same right. team. So this is now an investigation into the Washington commanders and their toxic workplace for years. And Chris, let me just touch on this briefly. One thing we learned on Friday, and I was disappointed that the statement that was released by the committee that's investigating the Washington commanders didn't really hammer this point home. One thing we learned on Friday is that this investigation that was conducted, supposedly independent investigation led by Beth Wilkinson, was not about getting to the truth, was not about protecting the individuals who had been wronged, was not about having any type of transparency like we saw with Deflategate and Bountygate and Bullygate. It was about having a lawyer determine how deep the rabbit hole went and plugging it with cement and positioning the league and the team to defend against lawsuits. And one thing I'm trying to find out, when they approached these employees to cooperate, did they say to them, hey, you know, we want you to assist us with this effort to eradicate bullying and sexual harassment and make things better and hold people accountable? Or did they say, did they say, you know, we're really worried we're going to get sued. We'd like you to tell you, your, tell us your story so we can defend against these lawsuits, maybe even your lawsuit. Will you tell us what you know so we can properly defend against the liability that's coming? Because that's really what it was. And that, to me, of all the messed up stuff that I've seen over the last 20 years that the NFL has been part of, that's as messed up as anything I've seen. The fact that they sold it as an independent investigation yeah. when it was actually a precursor to defending themselves against whatever lawsuits they may take. That, that's shameful. It is shameful. shameful. You've hinted at it. We've talked about this a little bit in the fact that, yeah, we never really thought it was an independent com you know, uh, investigation. And I think, you know, you alluded to it a few times that just – you know that, yeah, we feel that maybe the NFL, when this investigation got going, went, oh no, there's a lot of stuff here that could really screw us over. And like you said, we got to do something and put some cement over it or whatever. You sound like you're Jimmy Hoff over there. No, you know, very no, Jimmy no, Hoff. No, no, no. <laughs> but no. Yes, yes, yes. I don't want to end up like Jimmy Hoff. <laughs> no, I hope not. So uh, I better yeah. quit talking about it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I'm not going to quit talking about it. So whatever the consequences are. But look. They only have full transparency when it fits their agenda. Yeah. They wanted to bury the Patriots, full transparency on Deflategate. Right. They wanted to bury the Saints, full transparency on Bountygate. Right. This is one where they're the ones who'd be getting buried, right. so the evidence gets buried. And now we know why. And that's the other thing that really is shocking to me. The commissioner has used the victims of sexual harassment who wanted anonymity as human shields to defend against this idea as to why we're not producing the information. 
They're not producing the information because they were never going to produce the information. It was not. never going to be publicly available. Right. It was always about CYA and protecting against lawsuits. Let's go ahead yep. and take a break. We're going to have a draft. We're in the Super Bowl host city of Los Angeles. Our draft for Monday, Super Bowl related, the best Super Bowl host cities. We'll do that when PFT Live from the Super Bowl continues right after this. Here we are at the NFL Experience. This is our site all week long, PFT Live and PFT PM. We're here in Los Angeles. I, I was in Los Angeles once passing through in 1986, back when you were five, probably. 1986? Oh, I was here in 86. It's a little Super Bowl happened down that the road. That was early 87, though. Yeah, you were right. It was, yeah. yes. Yeah, see, right. if you were the Washington Commanders, you would refer to it as 87, <laughs> they missed not 86. That is they got comical. the actual year that, that they won is, the Super Bowl yeah, on their patch, right. not the season. Like, that was full stupid. Full they can stupid. still change that. Yeah. Will please. they change it? Will they, like, just all of a sudden will notice the patch? Have they not changed it yet? I, I don't know. I hope they have. I don't know. Uh, not a whole lot of space there for additional championships. Maybe they know something we don't. Uh, or, or, or we all know the same thing. Let's get to it, though. The best Super Bowl cities. I've been to a bunch of them. This is, like, number 13 for yeah. me. I'll give you the first pick. What is the best Super Bowl city, in your opinion? I, I, I really think that we're in it. I'm, I'm going to say L.A. I am. I know. I seem like a homer. I'm a little biased, of course. Yeah, my dad won a Super Bowl here. I'm excited that it's back here. But I do think it's a cool city for the Super Bowl. Like, again, you know, I'm excited for the new stadium, what it sets up there. I do think we have a good fan base here as far as people are excited for it. You, know, you see here just the showing we got. It's a week before the Super Bowl today. I, I, you got a little of everything to offer. You don't have to cram everybody in one spot in L.A. If you want to be within walking distance, you can do that. If you want to be by the beach, you can do that. You know, So to me, you want to be in Beverly Hills, okay, you're over there. Uh, there's a lot to do. Nothing's too crazy other than the L.A. traffic takes every, forever to get everywhere. But I, I really think L.A. is is up there for me. There is no shortage of football fans here. The no. thing, though, is when you abandon the market for 20 years, you yeah. end up having right. – a fan base for every team. Yes. So when that team comes to town once every four years, once every three years, once every whenever, their fans, whether they're making the trek or they're already here, they tend to take over the stadium. That's a challenge for the Rams and the Chargers to flip a lot of these people who just said, well, hey, if there's no team here, we'll be Steelers fans, we'll be Packers fans, we'll be Vikings fans, we'll be Saints fans or whatever. Uh, first one for me. I know where you're going. Where? New Orleans. No, Miami. Ooh, you're going no, Miami. Miami. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Just because it's always perfect weather. Sure. And whether the headquarters is in Fort Lauderdale. I've been there for both of them. Yeah. One in Fort Lauderdale, one in Miami, and both times were awesome. Uh, great places to stay, great places to be, great yeah. places to eat. Right. Just to, get away from it if you want to. It's, it's just got a, 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 a magical feel to it that's different than any other big city. And so I'd. I'd I'd go to Miami every year. If there was if there was ever going to be a spot where it's one place all right. the time, I would want it to be I, Miami. I, I get you there. I, I mean, I, I look at it. I think L.A. has the potential to be that, too. I do. It's, it's got a lot of the similar traits like you're talking about. And, you know, I did love the last time we were there, right, with the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, the fact that they did have everything downtown and I mean, down in Miami. And it was for the first time, in my opinion, or at least that I can remember out of the Miami Super Bowls, where everything was a little more centralized, which I thought was cooler. So I'm with you there. I'm not going to be mad at you there. I like that one. Uh, so you're going to take sure. New Orleans since I did. I'm going to take New Orleans. I am. I mean, New Orleans, you know, it, 
it's it can be crammed and a little dirty okay but you're like damn there's i mean during COVID, it certainly wouldn't be a place where you would go that's for sure but it it is awesome in the fact that everything is right there oh we're going to the bar we're going to this restaurant you can walk and you just feel the super bowl energy everywhere you go oh we're now it's super bowl game day we're gonna walk to the stadium and you know we might be tipsy but who cares we're walking on the way out of the game to me new orleans has a lot of cool things about it for sure it was there nine years ago and it was awesome yeah. it was a great week yeah. and i loved it there and it would have been my next pick um where do you go now? This yeah. is where, to me, those are the top three for well, sure. you know, I haven't been to Las Vegas in Well, but you haven't had a Super Bowl there. You can't qualify that. You can't qualify. It hasn't been a Super Bowl place oh. yet. Well, take that off your damn list, Mario. Right. Um, well, then. Well, then. Where, you know what? I'll give some love to our friends in Indianapolis because that was there 10 years ago. Under the radar good, right? And I right? remember, now, they got lucky with the weather. Right. They got very lucky with the weather. Yeah. But everything is centralized. Great restaurants. Great vibe. It's, it doesn't feel overrun. Right. It doesn't feel too hectic. And I remember the experience there. Was so, and, and the other thing, too, all the people who volunteered were friendly. They were pumped to have the Super Bowl happy. there, right? Yeah. And I remember the talk was they would have another one someday where we're 10 years removed and there hasn't been a serious right. discussion about it. I think they should have another one. I'm with you. They just had the national championship game there, which was cool, Georgia-Alabama. And, you know, to your the one thing that I know you and I enjoy in the years of going to the combine and stuff is even when it is cold, everything's connected. You yeah. don't have to ever walk outside. You can literally weave your way through the city, connecting through hotels and the mall and whatever else, and still get where you want to go, which I find uh, to be really cool. Yeah, I, Indy was up there for me. I'm with you on that one. I think that's one of the under-the-radar good spots. Man, right. now I'm stuck I'm Trying to buy here. time. I'm going to go Atlanta. I'm going to go Atlanta. I liked Atlanta. I liked that Super Bowl. I did. I mean, we didn't have great weather that week there, but everything was very accessible. The convention center wasn't far. You could walk everywhere. The stadium's not far. Uh, easy to fly into. Huge airport. I, I think, uh, you know, cool stadium. I think Atlanta's up there for me. And, you know, I get... It's a boring game that year, but it was a good, yeah, good spot. I guess I got to say Houston. Yeah. I had a good time in What about Houston. Arizona? Yeah, that, what We're going to be there next year. Yeah. yeah, Phoenix is okay. I'll say Very Houston. spread out. I'll say Houston since if they if they hire Brian Flores, they're probably going to get a few more Super Bowls, so we may as well get ready to go back to Houston. <laughs> but but we had a good time there, including the night that I was trying to help my son back to his hotel. <laughs> Nobody else was on the street except for Matt Casey, who was talking to somebody on his, on his phone. And when we yelled his name, he, like, squared up like Karate Man, like I did today when I saw you. Like, he was going to try to take us on. That was good. Yeah. We, my son and Is I still laugh you, about like, that. that ended up walking the wrong way for a I long time? I was lost. Yeah. I, I was lost. Drunk and lost. I was lost. Combo. All I would admit to is I was lost. <laughs> my phone was dead. <laughs> and I just kept walking. And and eventually, uh, eventually, I looked up and there was the hotel, and I have no idea. I think the hand of God picked me up and put me down in front of the hotel. <laughs> I don't remember much about that night because I was tired. That was a good night. Oh, yeah, tired. tired. We'll wrap tired. up this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. <laughs> Let me just hear Mike talk. Just let me hear you, just so I can make sure. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Ah, I heard him. Sounds good. That was earlier today. Uh, like it. 
I have resisted cursing throughout the course of the show, although it's been very tempting because to. we're on tape. Right. So we know when we're on tape, we I'm have a little excited. more leeway, but we don't want to make it difficult on the folks who have to clean up our curses before we're on the air Specifically tomorrow. Kristen. That's the one we're Kristen. feeling bad for, no doubt about it. We're almost done. You know, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about who I like in the game between yeah. the Bengals and the Rams. I'm having a hell of a time with this one because you could make a strong argument either way. And this is the kind of game where I think if you play it ten times, could you have a six and four? Six Rams, four Bengals. Maybe seven and three, but enough chances for the Bengals to win that if it's one game winner take all, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to pick because the Rams are not. So, yeah, the the Rams haven't been impressive. They've had spurts in every one of their games where it's like, boy, if they play like this next time, good luck. Hey, if they play like this next time, good sure. luck. If they play like they did against the 49ers, good luck against the Bengals. Yeah, I know. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little more confident than you, I will say. I'm definitely leaning Rams. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Right now, I am. I'm definitely leaning Rams. Uh, I think the NFC, I think both NFC teams were better than both AFC teams. I guess that's where I look at it a little bit. But listen, it's the NFL. Joe Burrow, he's magical. We've seen the Bengals really be outplayed in two games for long periods of time and just hang around that's and the then kind of do it. And that's what they got to do this time. The Rams, yeah. if they let the Bengals hang around, the they, Bengals are going to take it from them. No, they, 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 they got to deliver a sure. knockout punch right. early. We are done. See you later on today. See ya.